Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. It is Wednesday morning, and that means we've got Matt, the mortgage guy. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Awesome, Matt. So, hey, I want to tell you what I think's going on in lending because I watch it, but I watch it as an investor. I read about it, but you're in it every day, dozens of times a day. So I wanted to see if my opinion or my spidey senses are right. You cool with that? Oh, for sure. Tell me, tell me what you've been feeling. So I've been feeling two things. First and foremost, it's obvious over the last two weeks, purchase and refi rates have gotten cheaper, right? We've done two videos on it already that kind of drive me crazy, right? 15-year loans near 2%. Investor loans on fourplexes under 4%. So first off, money's getting cheaper. That's one. However, the other side of the coin, it feels like getting a yes answer is getting harder both for owners and investors. And I thought I'd ask you, is money getting cheaper and getting harder all at the same time? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely getting <laughs> cheaper and we're trending down. So, okay. so the answer, the answer to the question is yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. And yes. All right. Cool. And um, it's, it's tough because you can have these automated systems make tweaks and it's going to take people a little while to realize like, is it just me or, or am I getting, you know, less approved eligibles? Because right. for anybody who doesn't understand how mortgage works, we're taking your information and that's, you know, your credit we pulled and, and your employment information and all this. And we're literally plugging it in to Fannie and Freddie's automated underwriting systems. And it's spitting out approve eligible or approve ineligible. And they can go in and tinker with their algorithm and say, you know what? Before, when it was okay to have a 680 credit score, no reserves in the bank, and have that back-end ratio up to 48%, that's a little bit too risky for us right now. Let's crank that down to 45%. Mm. And that 100% is what's happening mm. because I see it in my day-to-day -day business where my processor says, hey, on that file we submitted, I can't get an approved eligible. We're going to have to pay off a debt or we're going to have to... Mm. Um, you know, do something because, you know, when you look at a file and you say their mortgage payment versus their debts is 36%. And then including all the debts, and that's what we call the front end ratio, including all the debts, they're at 40, 46%. That's what we call the back end ratio. That 36, 46, generally speaking, if you've got decent credit and some reserves, you got some compensating factors that are positive, that thing's going to get an approved eligible all day, every day. Mm. That is starting to shrink. They're, they're starting to pull back and say, well, let's, let's, let's look for, you know, before maybe we got an approved eligible at 41 over 49. Mm. And now it's like, oh, I can't get this thing to approve. You know, every day I have these conversations with my processor who's got a tinker, right? Yeah. Um, how do we get the front end down? How do we get the back end down? What can we do here? And, um, you, you know, today... It's, 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 it's fairly simple, but it's also complex because it's not just like 36 over 43, you're going to get an approved eligible. Okay. It's also what's their credit score? How much are they putting down? Is there any derogatory stuff on their credit report? And you, you really, as a mortgage professional or the processor who's doing this work in the weeds, you have to look through the findings because you'll get plugged in and it'll say approve eligible, approve eligible and, and try to figure out like, what is it that the system doesn't like? 
you. Is it the 675 credit score? Is it no reserves in the bank? Is it that they're putting 3% down? And so then you start to say, okay, what if we put 5% down? What if we had two months worth of reserves? What if we had this? And that's probably, um, you know, I'm not personally in there doing that, but, but my processor is, I would think that's kind of a fun job, you know, figuring that out. Like, how do we get this thing to work? Because I can tell you that it's not a perfect science. We've had people in contract where it's like, holy crap, how is this thing not approving? Right. What do we got to do? And, you know, you talk to somebody who's in contract to buy a house and they've, put in offers for three months. They're going to do anything possible to buy this freaking house. Right. Um, hey, who do you know that can give you a gift? Because we got to do 5% down, 3% down, the system's just not liking it. Wow. And um, so, so yeah, that's a long winded way of saying that algorithm. Yeah. They've, Fannie Mae and, and, and Freddie Mac have tightened the screws a little bit. Yeah. And from what I'm hearing, there's, there's, there's some ruffling that the same thing's happening to government loans. That yeah. Ginnie Mae has already put out a bulletin. It went out July 12th and it was like a fly under the radar type thing. Okay. It hasn't happened yet, but there's a proposal that's going to essentially make those loans more expensive. I don't, I don't want to get too, too into the weeds about, you know, they're going to raise capital requirements for, um, you know, the, the agency. It's just, if it gets implemented, those loans get more expensive. And, and from the people, the industry insiders I've listened to talk about it, that might be the dagger in FHA. FHA has already, um, you know, seen a dwindle in market share. Yeah. And that's, again, that's what I'm seeing, right? The beauty of, of being in the market every day and also now having thousands of students is, is I, I hear one-off conversations, but when you hear enough one-off conversations, you, you can really have an opinion. And I really do think that Ginny uh, May, kind of FHA, all of those folks, they are getting, I think they're getting, they're getting tighter on purpose. Right. Now you right. could, you could ask why, I mean, are they coming out of conservatorship? Do they see a problem in their book? Do they just want to be less? I mean, there could be lots of reasons and I'm not here to guess the reasons. All I can say is it's getting harder, right? The reasons I don't care, but it's right. getting harder. Um, so folks, you really do want to work with a professional that can help you get through this. Uh, so as we, as they go forward, Matt, and they're in California, what do you, how do you want them to reach out? Yeah, reach out to us. I'm I'm happy if you're if you're in California and want to get pre-approved. I cannot encourage folks enough. I've got yeah. a video, the importance of a pre-approval, and I have this conversation literally every day, where it's it's me and my staff, our time, our energy, my thirty-one dollars pulling your credit. If you never buy, no big deal. At least take the time to do the pre-approval so that you have all the answers. Yeah, where you stand, what things you might want to improve on if you're going to buy in the future what it looks like to purchase right now with the different down payments and the different purchase price you're looking at. All that information gets unlocked once you spend a little bit of time doing a full-fledged pre-approval. Um, I think that most lenders across the country are busy enough where they don't want to just review stuff and give you a ballpark without doing the full pre-approval, partly because it doesn't do you any good. Yeah, I have people that ask me all the time and all take five minutes to say, okay, you make X, your credit score you think is this, this is about how much debt you have. Sure. You might be able to buy something in the 400 range, but, but beyond that, like I'm not doing you any favors by yeah. telling you, yes, you can buy because without going through the pre-approval process, you're not in a position to submit offers. You're not in a position to really be sure that you're protected as a buyer spending money on inspections and appraisal and all that stuff. So, um, 
get yourself pre-approved if you're a serious buyer and know that things change. Like you said, some of these changes take place and you might not know. So if you were pre-approved three months ago, six months ago, rates have changed, the, the, the guidelines have changed, all this stuff is, is constantly evolving and moving. So you don't want to just assume and then get yourself in, into a tricky spot. And um, I, I really uh, can't encourage that enough. Get yourself yeah. pre-approved. You know, a lender like me, who's got a great team and great systems, I can crank out 40 pre-approvals per week. And whether or not those people buy or not, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they've been armed with the information and they've gone through that process and we've been able to advise them on their specific scenario, you know, a, a 10 or 15 minute conversation before I know anything about somebody can be useful. We yeah. can talk general stuff, but once I have your credit report, your credit profile, what down payment you're using, what, what price range you're looking at, all that stuff, I can give you high level advising on your specific scenario. So yeah. do that. If you're outside of California, find a great mortgage broker in whatever state you're in. You can do that through a site I set up, greatmortgagebroker.com. But do yourself that favor if you've got any aspirations of buying anything in the next three to six months, maybe even a year. Yeah. I mean, I tell people too that if um, if you want to start to put together a game plan for buying a year from now, that certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah, exactly. Again, folks, one of the things I've learned over 20 years, I actually put it in my book, is lenders got the money, they make the rules. And sometimes they want to lend and sometimes they get a little nervous. I have a feeling they're getting a little nervous now. So uh, watch for that. So again, reach out to Matt at uh, mattthemortgageguy.com. And I thank you for your time this week. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Mike. One one last thing before you you press that that pause button is just to kind of wrap this up. Sure. It's, It's interesting to see because, you know, part of it might be there's just so much demand that they can throttle back and say, Hey, we don't got to take everything. Yeah. You know? And, and I think that, that, you know, some people might look at that and go, well, that's, that kind of sucks. Is it the people that are right there on the edge are going to be kind of pinched out just because there's, there's so much demand maybe that that we don't need them. You know, Uh, part of me says it's protecting those people on the edge because if they're on the edge, they're more likely to default and that causes way more pain. That causes way more pain than a no answer. Oh, no absolutely. answer today saying, hey, you don't qualify yeah. is a lot less painful than a foreclosure notice 24 months from now. Yeah. It's never no, it's not yet. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, thank you for that. That's great advice. Thank you for these three conversations today. I greatly appreciate it. Great talking to you. Mm-hmm.